0: Welcome to the Christmas episode of Cybernia, a podcast exploring science in Ireland and beyond, in association with Discover Science and Engineering. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Cybernia, you can friend us on Facebook, or you can go to cybernia.ie for our podcasts and blog posts. Now this episode has a very festive feel to it, we're reviewing lots of fun science toys, and we're looking at the science of gift giving. First up, we had Poppy and Jack from St. Columbus College in the studio and they were reviewing two toys for us, a science kit and a solar robot from the science gallery. Let's see how they got on. So maybe we can start with um, Poppy and your um, science kit. So first of all, Poppy, can you tell us what you were testing today? What toy that you were playing with?
1: Um, The science kit.
0: And what was in that?
1: Lots of different things. It was like
0: loads of pieces, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And was it for like different experiments? were they all very different? Was there uh, many experiments in it, or
1: yeah, there was a few things
0: so what did you play with <laughs> do you did you attempt any experiments yourself
1: um there was well, oh, I tried to make a car thing,
0: so did you have fun at all with it were like were any of the experiments quite fun to um, sort of test out? yeah which ones did you like the best
1: Oh uh, well i uh, I only really did the car one
0: and did it work out? did the car actually you <laughs> run it
1: sometimes?
0: And was it, made from, was it made from, like, batteries, plastic, different bits and pieces? Um,
1: just, like, cardboard and a balloon.
0: Cardboard and a balloon. Okay, that's interesting. So how did the car actually work?
1: Um, you blew the balloon up and stuck it to the car and let the balloon go.
0: Okay, that's sort of fun. Do you, do you think that other kids would like playing with this on Christmas morning? Or uh, is it something that you need to concentrate on quite a lot and maybe yeah. get help from a teacher or a parent?
1: Well, it depends what age you are. Like, some of them are for younger kids, and then some of them are for older kids.
0: So there were, were there any bits about the kit that you didn't like?
1: Um, No.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so that's sort of a good review. Um, would it be something that you would like to get as a present on Christmas morning, or you'd like to give to a friend? Uh, Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Do you have a sort of mark out of ten that you'd give it overall?
1: Um, seven, eight.
0: That's not bad. And wh- why would you take marks off?
1: Um. Well... Sometimes this stuff got really confusing and it wasn't all together. It was like, everywhere.
0: Because the kit comes in this big box, doesn't it? And everything's thrown in together, is it? Yeah. And is there a booklet with it that helps sort of explain the, um, through yeah. all the different experiments? Would you prefer it if it was, like, something where it was more online or do you think it's still cool to get presents that are non-techy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, excellent. And, Jack, I believe you had a solar dinosaur kit, was it? Solar robot?
2: Yeah, it was... A robot that you could stick some cardboard pieces from the box on and it would look like a dinosaur working on a solar panel
0: excellent so um was it difficult to assemble
2: uh, It was very difficult because you <laughs> needed a really, really small screwdriver, and the where you put the screws in wasn 't didn 't have the the crooks or whatever, so it went crooked in and it, oh. it wouldn 't fit together.
0: And were all the bits included in the kit? Did you need some tools outside of this?
2: Yeah, you needed the screwdriver. Oh, okay. And that's kind of it, yeah.
0: So, do you need any help with your parents or for, from your parents, or was it something that you could just serve to you in your own time?
2: Uh, it's something you kind of do in your own time, but it's just it's not very well made and it doesn't really work. Oh,
0: okay. So did the, did the solar robot actually work in the end at all? or No, the engine didn't work. Oh, no. And had you to leave the solar panel out in the sun for a little while and then charge it up or something?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, but um, unfortunately, the, for the time I had to test it, it was a very gloomy kind of a day.
0: Oh, okay. So let's hope that it was just because it was like yeah. cloud cover or something. I hope so. So what were your favourite bits about the solar robot?
2: Uh, well... I didn't really get to use it so I can't really say I had a favorite bit.
0: <laughs> so then what was the bit that you would not recommend about it? The fact that the kit didn't fit together properly.
2: Yeah, and the engine didn't work. That was I mean Oh.
0: It. So now I'm going to have to come to the bit where I'm going to ask you is it something that you would like as a present to no. give to someone?
2: I would definitely not.
0: And what marks out of 10 would you give it? 3. Oh. So <laughs> what were the 3 marks for? What were the bits that you sort of liked about it? The
2: fact that it was all included. And that um, you didn't have to cut out the dinosaur stuff. It just came as part of the box. But that's uh. about it. Not much else to it.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> do you do you study science in school? Yeah, we do, yeah. What are your favourite bits about studying science in school?
2: Uh, we love doing the... I like, personally, I love doing the experiments.
0: Excellent. What kind of experiments do you usually do?
2: Uh chemistry
0: or biology yeah studying uh, onion cells and things like oh, that that's sort of cool so maybe a microscope toy would have been more yeah. <laughs> on the lines of what you'd like to play with and what about you poppy what sort of favorite bits of science do you have in school
1: um anything
0: <laughs> you just like all science? <laughs>
1: uh yeah i guess
0: okay cool so guys thanks very much for testing out the toys now if you'd like any more information on these toys we'll have details on the blog in the meantime, Trina and myself played with some science toys of our own from firebox.com. Trina, what were you playing with?
3: Oh, I was playing with a couple of things. So, do you remember geomags? See,
0: I don't. I don't know. Like, you were getting really excited about this and I was like, what are they?
3: Oh, they're, they're these sticks with magnets that I'd render the sticks. And there's these big ball bearings that you use to put the sticks together.
0: So basically magnetized sticks and you can make any shape you want.
3: Basically. And you can make all these geodesic shapes. And the, the fancy geomags kits come with Oop. these little panels. Geodesic. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, these mad domes and stuff that you expect, they kind of seem to be, you know, loads of triangles. Yeah. Shapes like that, you know, cool. so you can construct it. You can construct things like, I don't know, space stations and rockets, but I much prefer making these regular shapes with them. And um, yeah, I've wanted to play with them. For, I've always wanted a set of them. And uh, yeah, so Marie turns up and says, here, Trina, play with some <laughs> geomags.
0: I'm like, yes. I was like, Geomag, I don't know what this is and you're like, These are amazing.
3: They are actually really good fun. If you like building geometric shapes even. Um, they're very satisfying. You make a nice little triangles and then you can make them three dimensional or you can make squares and Was there and that was like a kit for like was that a kit for a spaceship or something, or could you make whatever you wanted from well, it? Well, it kinda said spaceship on the box, but you know, it's like Lego, you can yeah. make what you want from it. Oh <laughs> cool. So your your imagination and the size of the kit really is the only thing holding
0: you back. Oh, that's cool. And is it for kids like age six plus or something? You reckon anyone would have like a good fun with it?
3: Anyone old enough to not eat ball bearings, (laughs) go for it. Um, Very good point. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I find adults always go, more toys, mother, for children. But you hand them something like this and they will sit there and start constructing nice little regular shapes out of it. Um, So I would say maybe anyone from seven plus. Um, I know I gave a set to my 15-year-old brother at one point when he was 15. He's not anymore. Uh, and he kind of looked at me funny and I was like, but they're Geomags! <laughs> um, so maybe not to 15-year-old boys, apparently, but anyone else, definitely. They're I'm great. just imagining
0: like a kid on Christmas morning getting this and the the dad's just sitting there watching him, drawing oh. his fingers and going, oh, move over. <laughs> yeah, no, I
3: was looking at him like that going, I want to play, I want to play, I want to yeah. play. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'd, I'd highly recommend the Geomags. Obviously. Oh, cool. Excellent. And um, you had another toy as well, didn't you? Oh yeah. So uh, there's this thing called nanoblocks. They're like yeah. very tiny Lego. And there is a space shuttle and launch pad kit. Now, they're really tiny. And when I say really tiny, I mean, I feel like I should have forceps or tweezers with me. <laughs> or I was watching
0: you play with those. And I reckon you'd need fairly long nails to pull them apart if you got the wrong one on top of the other.
3: Yeah, but the instructions are actually pretty clear. Um, yeah. So you're not likely to build it backwards. Um, and I don't know, you haven't seen me play with Lego. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's 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 something that you might have to concentrate on because they are quite small. Um, I reckon they'd be a nice little kind of pass the time desk toy. Um, maybe okay. not for children. They are quite small. And if you live in a house with very thick rugs and carpets, you'll never, ever find these pieces again. Now, in fairness, they're smaller <laughs> than Lego, so if you stand on them, you won't be crying. Um, Good. <laughs> but but yeah, you'll probably hoover them up. But you'll probably sake. hoover them up or, you know, inhale them. They're really, really small. Now, they're great, though. I would definitely... I'm going to go home and finish making this thing.
0: Um, and we had Jack and Poppy in the studio with us when you were playing with this and Poppy seemed to like it as well. It just seems like something that any age he could just play with it and give it a go.
3: Yeah, it's, it's basically building things and yeah. you can go by the instructions, which I plan on doing because I'm like that. Um, but you could just start mashing little random shapes together as well. Um, so yeah, and it's cool. And on the back of the box, they have all these other ones. So like, you know, the Sagrada Familia in um, Barcelona? No. All right, it's a half-finished cathedral. They have a little model of that and they have a model of... They had a few little things on the back of the box. So. That's very cool. So so you're not limited to the Space
0: Shuttle, but the Space Shuttle is pretty cool. Yeah. So if they've got loads of different themes, that means it's obviously something that they've aimed at adults as well as children. Yeah. That they yeah. can just, like you said, desk toy. Perfect. Definitely
3: perfect for a desk toy. Yeah. Or, you know, a friend of mine has this brilliant thing, which we kind of picked up on, where she keeps a bowl of Lego in the middle of the kitchen table for guests to play with. So, this is definitely the sort of fiddly thing now. Imagine a bowl of like
0: micro Lego in the middle of the table. Yeah,
3: this is a house maybe where you wouldn't probably get like inhaled and eaten. (laughs) No, you can do it when you don't have small people to eat them. Um, But definitely, I'd say maybe 10 plus, just because the pieces are quite fiddly and it's a little frustrating if you do need to dismantle it. Um, But yeah, definitely. Good fun. I'd
0: enjoy. And I had a toy as well. I had a microscope for the iPhone, and it's actually Deadly. It was really, really fun. First of all, before I go into how deadly it was, I want to first say that it was sort of when I got it out of the box, you get two pieces or you get a piece that slots over the iPhone and then you get the actual lens itself that pops into it. It didn't pop into the plastic no, bit no. at all. So I had to get a knife out and pair around the inside of the um, connection to jam it in. And as a result, it's now slightly loose. So it keeps popping out when I'm go- roaming around on the carpet looking at carpet fibrous. And it's the right <laughs> one for your iPhone. Yeah, no, it actually fits on the iPhone perfectly, but But it's just the two pieces that came in the kit together, just, it was just too tight. It just didn't seem to Mm. slot in. That's obviously just one random manufacturing fault, I'm sure, like, I imagine they're all not yeah. like that, but apart from that, like this is amazing. I absolutely loved it. What you get basically is this little um, microscope that um, uses the camera on the iPhone, so you can take pictures or you can like stills or you can actually like record video. a Video, yeah, exactly. And there's a little light on the side of it, and it just illuminates. And you've got a plastic there's a plastic thingy at the end of the lens so you can sort of prop it up on top of whatever you're spying on. So it doesn't wobble. Yeah. And like, I was just trying carpet fibres and random, you know, like say... uh a drop of dried coffee I was looking at that on the well, it, it was weird I was like they dry like that it was all these weird threads in it, it was like it was like it glooped together I didn't know liquid dried like this oh it's it to do with amazing. the particles
3: in it actually <laughs> there, there's, there's been some interesting this is something I it. think
0: that would get you into science because like loads of people have iPhones and they just use it for like blah blah social networking you know email but like this is something that turns it into like a proper science toy
3: it is actually. Yeah, it is fantastic.
0: Cool. What really made me think it was cool was not me using it, but Jack was in the studio and I was like, look at this. And he had his iPod with him and we slotted it on. It fits on the iPod perfectly as well, even though it's for the iPhone 4. And he slotted it on and straight away he was looking at dead flies and a spider <laughs> that wasn't dead because it had eaten all the that flies. The studios <laughs> are
3: actually quite hygienic. Oh my God, this makes it sound really
0: bad. <laughs> yeah, the, no, the, oh, the pictures we, we, are no, really no, cool. imported the dead, the <laughs> dead flies and the spider just for the show. (laughs) But um, it was amazing He took some really good pictures I was like Thinking this is something that would be good for grown-ups. No, kids would get so much more out of this. He was just like, "Whoa, look at the spider! You could see the coloring on pigmentation on its legs." And I thought those spiders were actually just all black. This is nothing to do with the microphone, but it was amazing. <laughs> I, I thought they were like those, you know, those tiny little money spiders. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what they're called. I
3: think we call them money spiders.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they they had like striped pigmentation on their on their legs. I was like,
3: "Oh my god, there's a whole is amazing. new world." And you could post them directly to your social media because it's an iPhone. Yeah, you could actually. Oh my God, endless pictures of dead flies on Twitter. <laughs>
0: wow, I was going to stop yeah. following you. Um, and yeah, look obviously you do the gross things like your fingernails.
3: Yeah, your so fingernails. We, we
0: had a play with that. So Jack did fingernails and um, skin and we were just going, Ew! it was brilliant. Yeah, Fantastic. The, I do think it's sort of pricey though. It's 37 euros. So like, fine, if, if you're... Kids got an iPhone, or they're nicking yours, or they've got an iPod. I think it would be a pretty awesome present to get yeah. them for Christmas. But like, yeah, if you and on a it, collection
3: of dead insects, perhaps.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you've any dead bees, you know, go for it. It's <laughs> the time you, of year, actually. Yeah. It's it's so it's so funny though when when you've got the microscope, you're just like, what can I do with it? And you literally start looking around the house, going, what gross stuff is in the kitchen? On the floor, and you go around looking like, don't live in a clean house for this because it wouldn't be fun at all. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> Actually, I was, it might be eye opening. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was great though because like you're, you're just thinking, hmm, I wonder what cheese looks like. I wonder what, oh. I wonder what the kitchen floor looks like. I wonder what the inside of the bin looks like. Up, no, I don't, I didn't do that. Gross. Yeah. But you can just imagine how cool all sorts of insects would look under this. Brilliant. Loved yeah. it. <laughs>
3: What science is all about.
0: Yeah. But um yeah, manufacturers of the microscope um you know just make sure they fit together or something get little people testing them before it goes out. <laughs> they didn't quite so, yeah, like it's fine but like I probably would have to put maybe a bit of um super glue onto it to keep it c- to be just absolutely just, every so often it will pop out, yeah. But other than that like brilliant. Wow.
3: <laughs> Finally <laughs> a use for the iPhone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Toys and well, Christmas is coming. Are there any Christmas events? There are plenty of Christmas things happening. So uh, if you're not interested in Christmas, essentially, but you are interested in doing something at this time of year, get your camera out. There's a competition that the Environmental Science Association of Ireland are running. And the theme of this year's competition is Nature in the Urban Jungle. And the closing date for entries is the 31st of December. So if you visit esaiweb.org, you can get all the details there. And it's Christmas. It wouldn't be Christmas without Santy. So Santi is going to be visiting the National Botanic Gardens at 2 pm on December the eleventh. Um, there'll also be a farmers market on the day for grown-ups so they can buy tasties to do food science on. Uh, Botanicgardens.ie has all of the information for that. Santi will also be hanging out at the Blackrock Castle Observatory in Cork if you'd like to bring your younger people along. You can also email your letter to the North Pole via their radio telescope. There'll also be drop-in snow globe workshops between Christmas and the start of the new year. So if you visit bco.ie, you'll have all the information there. And just because it's time to start planning ahead for the new year, the BT Young Scientist exhibition will run from the 10th to the 14th of January. So now is the perfect time to be booking trains, planes, places to stay. So visit btyoungscientist.com for prices and times. Time to get excited. More science in the new year.
0: Fellow Cybernian Sylvia had some toys as well from the Science Gallery and she went off testing those with some folks and now we'll see how she got on.
4: I'm here in the home of Dolores Griffin in Rathfarnham. Uh, Dolores, last week I left you with the addictable which we got from the Science Gallery in Dublin City Centre. How did you get on with it?
5: Well, it's very interesting and you need to have endless patience, which I would kind of think I'm a very patient person. But I'm afraid it put me to my limits. I would say that if you were attempting to play with this, you would want to have your insurance, your health insurance, well paid up because you could be admitting yourself into a psychiatric hospital.
4: <laughs> well, Let's describe it first for the listeners. So we have it in front of us here. So. Well,
5: it's multicoloured uh, pieces of plastic inside a, a clear plastic ball. And um, you, it's... Like some kind of a game that was out a long time ago, with them. Um, it was nearly like a football game, but it's not. And there's this tiny little ball inside, and you have to maneuver that very carefully. Every turn you make, it's like you have to be very gentle with it and very patient. And you have to try and get from one end of the ball by turning it very gently right to the other end, going in and out of all these little colored, like little tracks. Now, they're all numbered, and uh, that was a problem for me because the numbers are the same colour as the plastic that they're on. So you meant to go from one to two to three and so so on. on. I could get halfway.
4: Right, okay. And
5: that's, uh, I suppose, halfway I could get from fairly early on. So I thought I'd have no problem Right. uh, like getting to the other half, but I couldn't do it. And the numbers you said there. The numbers like there's orange plastic, yellow plastic, blue, there's cerise, green. But the numbers are the same colour as the plastic. The numbers on those pieces of plastic are the same colour. So it's quite difficult when you're turning it to see you're watching this little ball Mm. and you've got to get on to the next number. And it's quite difficult to see both, you know, concentrate on the little ball Mm. and then see the number.
4: And they're quite small as well, aren't they? So they're kind of very hard to small. see. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a trick.
5: <laughs> did you enjoy it at all? I did. I did. Yeah, definitely. And if I didn't have a computer, I'd probably play a lot more with it. But I did enjoy it. Okay. Outside of the frustration, now I did enjoy it. Like once you, if you got as far as I did, yeah, you'd think you were doing great. But then you get disappointed with yourself with the next uh, side of it. Mm. But. I'd say it has potential. And what age group do you think this would be suitable for? Because I
4: know when we opened it originally last week, we were thinking that your seven-year-old granddaughter might,
5: might enjoy it, but she didn't seem that interested in it. No, I don't think it's for the younger. Now, maybe uh, another type of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a simpler version of yeah, it? or but not this one. But definitely a simpler version of it would... would uh, would be nice for children but I don't know what age they had in mind you know what age I am no oh, well I'm 64 okay but um, that's physical mental I don't know but <laughs> 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 I I definitely I would have enjoyed it a bit more but it's a uh, it created I got a bit annoyed at it because in some parts um you kind of have to bounce the ball very slightly i'd say it's all to do with the way you hold it and move it and it, it is good you know how long did you spend with it do you think i spent a couple of hours overall okay yeah okay and also
4: last week we had some power buzz magnets that we also got down the science gallery now that didn't have an age written on it but we thought it might be suitable
5: for a child but uh, what what happened with those well we gave those to uh my granddaughter Neve, who's seven, and I think part of the instruction was to throw them. Yeah, it? it said to throw them in the air, yeah. th- that they would make a buzzing sound when you do that. Uh, well, they did, but they made more than a buzzing sound because the, they like she improved on the quantity that was in it. She started out with two and ended up at about five because they <laughs> broke into pieces. They that they hit uh, yeah. the floor and they yeah. broke. Yeah. Yeah, we have tiles here. I don't know what it would have been like on wood, but most people have tiles or wood now. So, you know, they'd have to withstand that. Yeah, no, immediately it. it didn't. They didn't break on a second fault. They broke on the first.
4: Yeah, some some kind of warning to say do not drop
5: them or oh, do I not throw them. Maybe I think they're dangerous because when they were broken, like there was rough rough edges on them. so yeah, they weren't yeah. suitable at all for a child.
4: Dolores Griffin, thanks very much.
0: So if you want any more information on the toys we reviewed, we've got more details and pictures on the blog with some full reviews. All this talk of Christmas toys made us here at Cybernia wonder if there is a science to giving and receiving presents. We talked to psychologist Dr Arlene Egan about why we feel better when we give gifts at Christmas rather than receive. Why does it feel so rewarding to give someone a present?
6: Sure, okay, so that goes back to this notion of altruism Mm -hmm. um, and the, the belief that we don't ever act... Uh, in an altruistic, in a purely altruistic way. So we, you know, one of the the evolutionary theories would suggest that we're built like this um, in order to maximize our own pleasure and minimize our own pain. So the reason that we involve, we, you know, we give gifts for the reward um, is exactly that. So What people would assume is that if you give a gift, you're doing it to be nice and to be selfless. But actually, it's the intrinsic value that comes with that. So it's what you get within you. So whether it makes you feel good, it makes you feel kind, it makes you feel generous, it makes you feel worthwhile. Those are intrinsic values that become associated with being nice towards people, whether it's giving a gift or, you know, whether whether it's um, a material gift or spending time with them or talking with them or giving them, so that kind of a, more of a psychological gift. So that's one of the, the first, um, I suppose, the kickoff point is this notion of altruism versus uh, selfishness in a way, and that's what the evolutionary theories would Suggest is that we, we operate purely out of selfish motives most of the time, actually.
0: Right. <laughs> that explains. I was reading about this um, study where um, they looked at people who had been given bonuses for Christmas and some of them had gone off and spent it on a charity and mm-hmm. the others had gone off and spent it on themselves. And mm-hmm. the ones who had, they called it pro social spending, the ones who had spent the money on charity in the long, long term, they seemed to have higher levels of happiness. So yes. I was, I presume that directly links in with what you're just saying.
6: Sure, sure. So it's just like the notion that uh, you know, if somebody were to save somebody's life, you know, running into a burning building and um, you know, saving them from uh, a river or a sea or something like that, you know, the cynical side of society would say, "Well, you did that because you um, might have gotten a reward or because it made you feel good, rather than you put your life on the line and you didn't think about it." So there's always this. Um, this notion that psychology would look at that would say evolutionary psychology would look at that would say you know um, what, what we do is we tend to help people but not for the sake of being helpful it's to further our own sense
0: of self. And when you look at Christmas though it's not really like I know people say it's time of good and good cheer but it seems to be not just about doing good deeds but mostly about material things. Why are why are humans so obsessed with exchanging giving and receiving material objects. What does that mean for us?
6: Sure, so there's an interesting study done in 2003 uh, by uh, Saad and Gill, and they looked at this whole notion and they looked at gift giving from the evolutionary perspective and from the socialization perspective. So, and they looked at it according to the genders. So what they found or you know, supported in many ways was the theory that men will give gifts for tactile reasons. So men will give gifts in order to um, say to romantic partners as um, in return for sexual favors. Women will give gifts for mainly for different reasons, which is to show levels of commitment, to celebrate um, relationships, etc., etc. So when we think about Christmas and we think about who we give gifts to, we give them to partners, to family and then to friends. And what people have, what the researchers have found, um, both the evolutionary psychologists and the the social psychologists, is that we tend to look after, obviously, our romantic partners first and foremost in terms of gift expenditure, but also with the motives that we have. And this comes back to evolution and survival of the fittest. Ultimately, what we want to do is keep those that can help our family produce more, keep them sweet, if you like, keep them taken (laughs) care of. After that, we spend most on direct kin, but we give to them for different reasons, and then following that is, is friendship, um, who we tend to actually spend least amount on. But there's three motives for why we, uh, why we give gifts, and one is economic, so investments, and we see this most often with relationships, um, like partners, if you like, because they're investing time and energy with this person, and they want the gift to reflect, the notion that they are still invested in the relationship there's social reasons um, and this is you know again to look at commitment but it also looks at norms conformity and compliance this is the time when society says you must give gifts to people that you care about and um first for societies who are heavily compliant um such as you know um, um we found that um Compliance and conformity definitely plays a role because nobody ultimately likes to be different or cast out of the kinship that they belong to. So if you don't show up with a gift of Christmas and everybody else gives you one, you're automatically not conforming to what the societal rules are or what the kinship rules are in your in your actual pres, or in your actual group.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: The
6: third one then is um, selfless love. So I know I've told you already that there's no such thing as this. Um, however. One of the the, the social the socialisation theories would say that there is this element of selfless love, which um, is what, or between partners, and it's just uh, to celebrate. It's to say that uh, you know we're in it for the long run um and you know let's enjoy what we have so the reason that we give it it depends on the perspective that you're looking at if you look at it from an evolutionary perspective it's all about securing your mate and trying to keep them attracted to you and letting them know that you're attractive to them and if it's from a socialization perspective it's much more so focused on conformity compliance but interestingly back to the evolutionary theory what the studies have found is that men often misread why women give them gifts, but women are fully (laughs) fully aware why they're receiving them. So uh, (laughs) There's a breakdown in communication there. uh, The men presume that the women give them gifts for the same reason that they give the gifts to women, which is actually not generally the case at all.
0: And obviously, that, but at the end of the day, like you said, if you look at it from an evolutionary perspective, that is, the, that is one kind of sort of selfless giving of gifts. But then there's the opposite end of the spectrum. And you talked about compliance. Why Is that why we give gifts to our neighbour that we sort of don't really get on with or our great aunt Mabel that we haven't seen in 10 years? We still feel the need to give them gifts. And is that just compliance?
6: Sure. Sometimes it is. Oh, you see, we we'll go back to the motive. If, if you don't get on with your neighbor, but they're handy to have next door to you, <laughs> uh, that, that, that serves an evolutionary function. It could, you know, that's back to survival of the fittest. I might need them sometime. So I'll need to keep them on side. Or great aunt Mabel might be very rich and, <laughs> you know, do you, know, you want her to remember you? Uh, so good point. <laughs> keep her some gifts to keep her sweet so ultimately it would depend on you know what it is um, and sometimes you know the whole compliance co- is born out of tradition so every year I do it um, and if I didn't do it it would actually cause me more hassle because then I'd have to explain why so it's easier for me to go along with what I'm supposed to do and to be obedient and to comply to what we've done before uh, in order to keep maintaining the status quo
0: Thank you for listening to Cybernia and thanks to Trina, Sylvia, our producer Gavin and all our contributors. Remember you can follow us on Twitter at Cybernia, like us on Facebook or download the podcast from cybernia.ie and happy Christmas from all of us here at Cybernia.